Greetings to those who watch below. It's Friday, which of course means it's time for another stop on our Paranormal States tour. But before we start with today's video on Hawaii, which I'm sure I will butcher most of the names on, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every single video. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Lefty Kim, M.A. Wei, Julie B, Chris BLK Chris, Tegan S, Tesos Karamaris, LT Punisher 666, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, and Christina Groves. If you'd like to join them, make sure to check out the link in the description box. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure to hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. Also, you can find me on Instagram at brimstone underscore below, and on Facebook at the Brimstone Below Horror Channel. Also, I've just started up videos again on the creepypasta.com official YouTube channel. I've just started part one of a five-part series called Never Hold Your Breath by the fantastic 10-Minute Horror. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Pacific Palisades Prankster by Marvel Growing up in Hawaii, I have been exposed to many stories of superstitions and ghosts, being that Hawaii is the ethnic melting pot of the world, all the stories differ from ethnicity to ethnicity. My Portuguese grandmother would tell stories of fetsidas, Portuguese witches that would claim children if someone other than their parents had harboured a want for them. Grandma would put her broom upside down nightly, as this was a way to ward the witch off. My Hawaiian grandmother would forbid me to do anything like eating or cleaning at night because she said that I was doing it with demons that she called Kepalawa. Through my extended family, I was told many details about the things I should avoid to bring attention to myself from the spirit world, such as not whistling at night or stepping on graves. I have encountered ghosts despite their warnings. Once, I stayed at a friend's house in Paolo and awoke in the early morning, around 2.30am, to a dark, cloaked figure standing over me with its face close to mine. I screamed and it vanished as my friend's dad slammed the door open and flipped on the light. I was so embarrassed and told him I thought that I'd just had a bad dream. The next morning, I began to tell them what had happened and he angrily told me not to talk about it. I think he had seen it before and did not want to talk about it. Where I live in Waine, I have been victimised many times by a ghost that is quite popular in Hawaii, the choking ghost. It pins you down when you are sleeping and you cannot move. You scream out, but no one around you can hear you. In severe cases, it sits on your chest and you cannot breathe. The first time it came to me, I fought to sit up and wriggled my way as I felt as if something was pushing my shoulders back. This occurred about three times before I realised that I could feel its presence before it attacked me. I would open my eyes and feel like I was awake, but would talk and anyone sleeping with me would continue sleeping. Then it would suddenly pin me down. It is not a constant occurrence for me, but it is for many people I know. The similarities in all of our stories are remarkable. 
My latest experience happened in a house in Alea. I am one of five caregivers for an 86-year-old woman who has dementia. I've only worked for her for about three months, and up until two weeks ago, I had the night shift, which runs from 12.30am to 9.30am. I started to notice that around 2.30 until 3.30, there were many noises throughout the house. My patient's daughter explained that the house is old, and that that was to be expected. Mind you, she does not live there, just visits. Well, I took it all with a pinch of salt, until one morning at about 3.30am, I suddenly felt this ravenous hunger, and had forgotten my lunch. So I went to the kitchen, and got a piece of cheese and a slice of bread, and went back to the patient's room to eat it. As soon as I had finished the sandwich, I heard the sound of heavy footsteps running across the roof right over my head, and then stop. I was so scared, I jumped up and locked the bedroom door. I then texted one of my co-workers, because I did not want to call and wake her up, so I figured that if she was up, she'd answer my text. Well, she did, and I told her what happened. She called me a chicken, and joked that it was probably just cats. I was thinking, yeah, maybe a lion. Well, she didn't text me for a minute, then a text comes in, Why aren't you answering your phone? I got goosebumps and called her right away, and told her that it never rang. She calmed me down, and the night got quieter. After that, the other noises continued to get worse. A fire alarm went off, loudly, for no reason. The doorbell rang, and there was no one there, and the walls creaked and groaned like crazy. The TV just shut off once while I had dozed off, and when I had mentioned it to a co-worker, she told me that I was lucky. Once she had dozed off, and the TV was on a different channel when she woke up. The new things that have started to happen worry me. I used to call this spirit a prankster, because it just seemed to want to scare you, not hurt you. But it's been physically doing things lately. We hired two new people in the past month, and the first lady fell asleep and woke up, because she had felt like she had been electrocuted. She looked all around the couch to see where the jolt came from. There were no outlets in that area. So she went back to sleep, and got up again, because something was pulling at her feet, like it was trying to drag her off the couch. She jumped up and ran to the patient's bedroom, afraid to go back out. The next lady brought her husband with her to keep her company. The other night she told me he came to the patient's bedroom and asked angrily why she didn't come when he yelled her name. She was startled and answered that she hadn't heard a thing. He said as he was sleeping on the couch, he felt something pinning him down, and he yelled out for her. She thought he had just had a bad dream. Well, I've never told the two new ladies about my experiences, because I don't want them to quit. But the first lady just told me a story tonight. She had gotten off at about 9.30 and headed home. She got in her van and drove into her garage, when she realised that there was no key in the van's ignition. She put it in park and was perplexed. She looked in her bag, and the keys were in there. Her husband, a military man, said that she had probably unconsciously took the keys out some time after she had started it, and actually drove the van home, and that the ignition needed fixing. She argued that it was impossible, and had him start the car 
and tried to pull the keys out many times before he gave up, but still concluded that there was a logical explanation. Tonight, the atmosphere has been chilly and precarious. I'm wondering if our ghostly prankster is after more than just a scare. The Night Marchers In Hawaiian mythology, night marchers are the deadly ghosts of ancient Hawaiian warriors. The night marchers are the vanguard for a sacred king, chief, or chiefess. On the nights honouring the Hawaiian gods, Kane, Ku, Lono, or on the nights of Kanaloa, they are said to come forth from their burial sites, or to rise up from the ocean, and march in a large group to ancient Hawaiian battle sites or other sacred places. The legend says the night marchers are normal-sized warriors, dressed for battle, carrying spears, clubs, and some are beating war drums and blowing tones from conch shells to announce the advancing of their march. According to the myth, they are suspended in the air. Their feet do not touch water or ground as they traverse through the night, and they leave no evidence of their visitations. They march in darkness after sunset and march as a group continuously until just before sunrise. Anyone living along their path may hear chanting, the sounds of blown conch shell tones, and marching noises in the night. The following signs are a foul and musky death-like odour, and torches getting brighter and brighter as the night marches get closer. Night marches might appear during the day if they are to escort a dying relative to the spirit world. Ancient Hawaiian beliefs state that any mortal looking upon or being seen in defiance toward the marchers will die violently. Barriers placed in the path of the night marchers will not deter them. Some people maintain that if the mortal lies motionless, face down on the ground, they are showing proper respect, fear and deference to the night marchers, and they will be spared. Additionally, mortals can avoid harm or death from night marchers by being fortunate enough to have an ancient ancestor marcher present to recognise them. As they encounter the mortal, they will call out, Nau, which means mine in Hawaiian. No one in the warrior procession will then harm them. Legend says planting living tea shrubs around one's home is said to keep away all evil spirits and will cause the night marchers to avoid the area. They are said to walk through houses with doors and back doors placed in a straight line. The ceremony and conduct of the march are customised to the tastes of its honoured warrior leader. A Hawaiian king or chief that is known to be fond of music would be honoured with much drumming and chanting. If the king or chief enjoyed peace and quiet, the march would be as silent as possible. Further, if the king or chief did not like to walk around much, he would be carried in a sling by warriors. In ancient Hawaiian law, the laws declared body parts of a king or chief to be sacred and not to be seen by a mortal. The punishment for looking at these parts is always instant death, usually by bolts of intense light and flaming heat originating from several of the warrior's eyes aimed toward the mortal. The violating mortal is incinerated instantly, and the bodily remains dissipate as vapours. So, if you happen to be lucky enough to be out in Hawaii one night, and you hear the sounds of a march, I think it's probably best 
that you show proper deference and respect. Ghosts of Hickam by Now a Believer This is an experience that I had while stationed at Hickam Air Force Base as a security specialist on the island of Oahu in the mid-90s. This incident would occur in 1997. The first day we were processed in, the other troops there started telling us new guys ghost stories. I thought they were just messing with us until we had been there for a little while. It took all of one shift to start verifying the most prevalent story told on the base. It involves the 12th Air Force Headquarters building being haunted by the war dead of Pearl Harbor. The Pacific Air Force's command is also located in this building, so it is a very important place that requires strict security. There are manned security posts on the premises as well as state-of-the-art laser and camera systems blanketing the property, as it should be. Anyway, a little historical background on the building. During the Japanese attacks on Pearl Harbor, the building was used as a hospital and temporary morgue. Over a thousand dead servicemen were stored there until their remains could be dealt with properly. Many of them would die in the building while being treated. There was also so much blood that the cleanup required the stringing of hoses throughout the building and washing the floors with scrub brushes. Pretty gruesome, and for sure sets a good stage for some paranormal happenings. Well, the first night on shift, around 3am, the motion alarm went nuts, and the special response team was called to respond. I was training with the base patrol that night, so we went that way and provided backup. Every guy there seemed more tense than they should be. Something strange then happened to me. Instead of the SRT going in the building and clearing it, they simply reset the alarm and documented the occurrence. Anyone who knows anything about military security knows this is extremely unusual and not protocol. Well, when we returned to our patrol, I asked my field training officer, why? That just went down that way. This is what he told me. It happens every night, usually between 3 and 3.30. He also let me in on why there was a little shack outside the front door of the building, instead of the guard being posted at the CQ desk in the lobby of the HQ. Almost every airman that tried to work the post would refuse to stay in there, because they would hear walking and inaudible talking, smell what was described as rotten meat or a slaughterhouse smell, and the stairs in front of that location would squeak and vibrate violently on a regular basis. I still thought that this was them messing with me. It just seemed like it was a little too scripted. Man, was I wrong. For the next six months I was there, this alarm thing would occur each and every night between 3 and 3.30, just like the sergeant said. I saw military working dogs refuse to go into search. Every dog would whimper, growl, and try to hide behind their handler. Those of you who know, know that military working dogs don't refuse service. I also witnessed grown men choose to sit on a stool in a 4 by 4 foot shack, instead of at a nice desk in a spacious, air-conditioned lobby. I quickly became one of those guys in the shack. I experienced the walking, talking, and stares, all in about the first hour of my first shift on that post. My shift on the HQ post began at midnight, and by one or so, 
my time of trying to stay at the CQ desk was over. I was pretty shaken. I never experienced the smells, but would experience the sounds on several occasions. Then, at 3.17am, the alarm went off. Motion was detected in the basement and on the third floor. There had been nobody there since 5pm, when the building had been secured for the evening. A peculiar thing was that very seldom did anyone come back in the evening to work there alone. I think I could remember only about two times in my six months that anyone came back to work after 5pm, and they did not stay there for long. In and out, so to speak. These are my experiences on the HQ building on Hickam. It was creepy, and I experienced these things on several occasions, but the alarm thing was every morning, without fail. It was an extremely unnerving place to work. Old Goat's Head and the Visitors by She-Wolf In my room, I had an old wild goat's head that hung above my bed where I slept. I'd always been a nature lover, but I also loved hunting as well, so I decided to hang it there. It had never given me any trouble, until one odd week in the spring. One night, I had a strange dream. I was in my room, and what I believe was a dog or ferret-like creature was living in the goat's head. It came out to play with me, and it felt harmless. So, in my dream, I had fun with the creature. The next day, I thought nothing of the dream. As we all know, dreams can be strange. Later that week, in the bathroom of my house, I saw a shadow of a tall man. I guess it was about six to seven feet tall. The room light was turned on, so the room was well lit. The shadow disappeared about four or five seconds after I saw it. It frightened me terribly, but I have seen shadow men a few times before, and decided to pray that night for the shadow to leave the property and not to see it again. About a few hours after I prayed, I was in bed. A small feather landed on my chest. The goat's head was directly above me, and I thought it was my pet minor bird cleaning his feathers, as he usually sleeps on the head above me. So I smiled and looked up, expecting to see my bird grooming itself. But instead, I see the goat's head shaking, as if someone was holding it and shaking it. I was frozen. I had no idea what to think of it. The shaking was obviously strong enough for my bird's feather to fall off of the head, so it was not just my imagination, and I'm usually a no-nonsense person anyway, and tried to find out how something happened before jumping to conclusions. I placed my hand slowly on the wall where the head was hanging. I felt vibrations, so I was positive that I didn't imagine the head shaking. It stopped shaking about 20 to 30 seconds after I noticed it, and just so you know, I was not tired that night, and it was early in the night for me. I was too scared to get up, but I called my dog to me, and he came. I eventually just fell asleep. The next morning, I decided to tell my father about what I had seen. He was shocked, and told me that he had a few strange experiences within the past few days. The first one was quite creepy. He was lying down watching TV on the sofa, when all of a sudden he felt pressure on the sofa, as if something had jumped on it. He thought it was one of our cats, so didn't think anything of it. He realised it was not one of our cats, because he felt an evil presence. 
All of a sudden, he said he couldn't move, but it could not have been sleep paralysis because he was not sleeping, he was fully awake. Plus, he felt the thing jump on the sofa before he couldn't move. After a few seconds, he was able to move again and immediately grabbed his Bible and read from it and commanded whatever it was to leave. The second experience he had was less creepy. One night that week, he was sitting on the bed when he felt as if something had gone inside his body. He said he felt tingling all over, but said it felt happy, not evil. It still really frightened him, though. The day passed, and we all felt something was in the house, like a bad energy or spirit. I also saw a few other shadow men that week. All of them freaked me out. Then, one day, I finally figured out why this was all happening. I found the connection with the dream and the old goat head, and thought either the goat head was being used as a gate to let spirits into our house, or something found it a nice home. I believe my first answer was correct, because there were different spirits we believe, a good one and a few negative ones. So me and my father immediately took down the old goat head and placed it into a box and took it to our outdoor storage unit. We also smudged the house with sage and prayed for the unearthly visitors to leave our home. My father has also told me, after we got rid of the head, that he recently felt negative energy from it. He even said he was afraid to look into the glass eyes, but only during that month. Everything returned to normal when the goat's head was taken down. Occasionally, we feel bad energy passing through, but nothing as creepy as that one week. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so you never miss a video. If you want more paranormal state stories, make sure to check out the playlist as well. I don't think we're too far from completing the series and I'm already working on what to do next. So, until next time, sleep tight. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.